So when I'm there and, you know, I'm in the center of the field and you see the student section swarming towards you, getting ready to pick you up, you just like, I was in the suit just screaming at the top of my lungs. Like, it's just like pure unbridled just chaos, just representing the school spirit, just like all put into you. and welcome to our next episode of Behind the Mascot, the only show where our guests are actually encouraged to lose their heads. Today we have the great privilege of being joined by Anders, who formerly performed as Benny the Beaver of Oregon State University. Anders, welcome to the show. Thank you, man. It's an honor to be on here just talking about mascot stuff. I'm allowed to do that now, now I'm graduated, so it's cool to be here. So tell us a little bit about your story and how you decided you wanted to get involved as Benny. So, like I said, I was, a, I was a band kid in high school, and, you know, I, that was, like, my community group. So when I joined band in college, they actually weren't very welcoming. There was, like, 250 of them, and they weren't really, like, that friendly to me. But going to the games and all the athletic stuff, I loved that, right? So there was a guy in my fraternity, his name was Antonio, and he said, like, well, if you hate band, but you like literally every other aspect, why not, like, get out of the stands and join me on the field and get to run around and do all that stuff? And I was like... Well, I don't really know, maybe, maybe, maybe. So um, after like a Saturday night like function or a party we had, at Sunday at like six in the morning, I showed up hungover to these Benny auditions. And there was like all these like cheerleaders there. There's like 250 cheerleaders, but there was just like 10 mascots trying out. So that's kind of like how I got into it was there was a guy in my fraternity who was doing it. And I really loved all the athletic stuff. Like I think I fell in love with like, you know, traveling to the away games and like getting to be there and kind of behind the scenes, but like the people in band were just so insufferable and such kind of clicky assholes. The band kids were. And so the cheerleaders were the nice ones, so I just I just went where they pretty much pushed me to. That's really interesting. So explain kind of what that like difference is between band and cheer culture for those who aren't so familiar with that. So I definitely say band kids, as someone who's, you know, done music his entire life, band kids kind of feel like, I guess the world is against them. They feel like they have to like kind of knit up and like be super close. Otherwise, like someone's going to like make fun of them or be mean to them, which, you know, sometimes is the case. It'd be like growing up in middle school, high school. But the cheerleaders are just, I feel like a lot more confident, a lot more socially able just to be like themselves. So they don't have to worry. Like we can go on trips or whatever and I can be talking just to one of them for as long as like, as long as I want. Instead of like having just to like deal with like these weird inside jokes. It just felt so clicky in the sense of like they're trying to band together because you know, like I said, band kids were always kind of like the nerdy ones growing up. Like I literally was one of them. So I understand that. The band kids banding together. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there we go. So walk us through that audition process, kind of what your emotions were like during the audition, what sorts of things like that looked like. Oh, I was shitting myself. Uh, because I remember, so we had to go up there and they just kind of improvised a skit and they said like, oh, do you have your music prepared? I was like, music prepared? I'm like, oh no. So the guy that went before me was actually the most senior Benny. Um, I went to the LA Bowl with him and like he was like just on top of his shit. He did like, like, the Lion King, where he pretended to do this like skit of where he like raised the line and just did all this like pantomiming stuff like, and he just did all this stuff. I remember like the cheerleaders starting to like 
were around were, were also auditioning that knew him were cheering his name. They're like, Luke, Luke, Luke. And then they're like, all right, uh, Anders, you're up. And I was like, oh, shit. So I went up there, and it got to the point of, like, I either get this or I don't. So I just kind of, like, just, like, snap into it. And I remember I pretended to do Benny meets his wife at a football game. So I remember I pretended to, like, walk, and then I just, like, you see someone. You pretend to open up a box and pick up a ring, but then you drop the ring. And, like, you realize you're doing, but, like, it's a football game, so you have to do, like, the first down maneuver and, like, the chainsaw. So I was doing all these, like, inside references, and at the very end, I'm like, oh, wait, you're an Oregon Duck? You're an Oregon Duck? Oh, no, like, never mind. And I broke, like, the, the O on my knee, and I walked away. And they thought, like, oh, he knows about, like, the football intricacies, like, the first down, you know, like, the chainsaw. And you could pantomime. We could tell what he was doing. So I got the job. Nice. So speaking of pantomiming, like, how did that process work like were you always good at acting and pantomiming or did you have to kind of learn how to do that i i think it also just kind of clicks when you're in suit because no one like can go in front of forty thousand people and just start dancing like a monkey like but when you put on that veil of the mascot when you can only see through the mesh of the nose that's when i think everything just kind of clicks because i remember my first event was the all greek photo um, is the, they get all Greek life in the Memorial Union. So I do a, I show up there and I walk out of, it's in the uh, basketball stadium, I walk out of the locker room and there's a woman walking her dog. And she, remember she looks at me and she just says, Benny! And I just kind of look at her and her dog for like a second. I just kind of freeze. And then suddenly I just like jumped down to the dog and started like interacting with the dog. Like it literally just clicks. I can't describe the psychology of it. But like when you can see them, but they really can't see you, it's such a weird experience. So it just kind of clicks. And like, and you know, if you're an extrovert and you love dancing and just being stupid, then it just clicks even better. That's so cool. So explain like what that feeling is like. You talked about, you know, dancing in front of 40,000 fans. Like what is that? How would you describe that feeling? Um, it's, 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 it's an incredible experience that you don't really get to explain. I just remember like, because, uh, you know, Oregon State football, we don't win very much. But this last season, we won every home game. And they ended up storming the field for four of our home games. So when I'm there and, you know, I'm in the center of the field and you see the student section swarming towards you, getting ready to pick you up, you just, like, I was in the suit just screaming at the top of my lungs. Like, it's just, like, pure unbridled just chaos, just representing the school spirit, just, like, all put into you. I remember like during the LA Bowl, like I just ran out, you know, the SoFi, and I was just like running around this insane stadium, just like jumping up. It was just like kind of like, it was kind of uh, selfish in a sense that I just got to like do this, what everyone else wanted. And I remember I was jumping up and then I see Jimmy Kimmel because it was the Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl. So I started like shimmying with him a little bit and he just like looking at me like, what the hell? So it's, it's just this like kind of unbridled chaos that, you know, you sweat a lot and you lose a lot of water weight and it's physically pretty tough, but it's just kind of like, yeah, like I said, unbridled school spirit. And like no one, no one ever assumes like you ever do too much because you're the mascot. That's what you're meant to do. I love it. So in terms of like experiences and things like that, you kind of mentioned the LA Bowl a few times, like what was that like or what are some of the other, you know, cool experiences that you've gotten to um, be a part of? I'd say there's... um 
the LA Bull is definitely one of them going to SoFi. I, I'm from California, so me and the other Benny's from Oakland. So we just drove down and just playing like that once in California, love. Like just glad to be back and like not in like de- seasonal depression, like rainy Oregon. Being in SoCal and just like good weather. Um, so that was like really fun. I base- love baseball games because we're always good at those. Um, uh, home football games are always exhausting. That's the best. But in terms of like the most memorable events, I'd say Pac-12 championships with you and everyone else was like just stellar. But I remember one of my favorite memories was it was like a women's volleyball game against Oregon, right? And but the thing is, like it was early in the year, and Oregon fans that showed up to that were like older back when like the Ducks were really bad. So they were like our rivals, but they were being really sweet, which was kind of weird. Like there's like this little kid wearing like a little duck shirt and he came and gave me a big hug. And I actually thought that was like really sweet. Just seeing these old duck fans be like, oh, hi, Benny, how are you doing? Compared to like the SoCal guys that are just duck fans. Like, oh, I fucking love the ducks. I've never been in Eugene once. So that was actually really sweet getting to be like on the other side and like messing with them a little bit. So those are some of my better memories with that. That's cool. So how would you describe that fan interaction? Because, I mean, I feel like for, you know, every mascot is kind of different for every school. Um, So in terms of that fan, like, component, um, what have been some of the most meaningful things about that? What have you learned about, you know, interacting with people from that? Um, In terms of fan interactions, there's so many. I mean, because there's so many different fans you're going to be interacting with. Oregon State's kind of in a lucky spot where... If you're a Beaver fan, you're a fuck. You you gotta be a Beaver fan. No one's hopping on the bandwagon, right? So it's always old. So the older people that know always know Benny the Beaver. They always know the mascot. So there's I kind of do different things for each fan. If it's like a drunken old guy who definitely was in a frat or like some party guy, I'll come up to him and I'll give him like a giant bear hug. Or but if it's like a little kid, you kind of have to interact a little slowly. I'd say in terms of fan interactions, Benny has always been a flirt recently there's been like this weird trend i don't i don't really know where like the girl like the girls are like kind of into benny more and like in an uncomfortable way i'll see it on yik yak so they'll be like hey benny and then you just like you literally just like flap your tail and they actually go crazy which is really weird because they don't want me that's that's the joke is like everyone in my fraternity says like no one wants a 130 pound ginger dude inside they want the actual beaver so like he's like does like this flirty stuff where like if you do like the little like sorority squat or you do like that, they like they go crazy. But in terms of that, just going up to like fans, just like guys in college who I recognize from classes, and I'll just like chest bump and I'll start pushing them. I'll like, get a little aggressive. They really like that. So it's just kind of like you do your fan interaction depending on like what the fan is like, you know? Yeah. So what is what is that like? Kind of getting into the costume, being an instant celebrity. Um, you know, the girls love it, the guys love it, like all of that. Um, and kind of embodying that persona and then stepping out of that. Like, how would you describe that entire, like, process? Oh, stepping out of it's insane. So, uh, yeah, I did some event. It was on campus, whatever, and I was walking back to our basketball stadium, and I saw uh, it was, like, a special needs program, and there was a bunch of special ed kids, and they were all playing spike ball. They are all playing spike ball, and I got to interact with them, and, you know, it was, like, really sweet. I was, like... You know, playing spike ball, I was enjoying, I was like taking pictures with these special needs kids. And then I suit out, and on my way back, I almost stopped off and like continued to do that. And then I realized like no one was looking at me. And I was like, oh shit, that's because, yeah, no, you take off the suit. 
And like after football games, the experience is so weird because I'm still wearing those like really tall socks and like the official shoes, and I'm just like covered in sweat. And I'll be walking with the Benny Handler like back to my house, and there's like everyone is leaving the game, and you look around, and you're like, no one even knows. Like you just want to tell people like, hey, everyone, like, how did I do? Uh -huh, like, I'm the mascot. Uh -huh. You really want to tell like those people, but like you don't aren't really able to. No, that's that's funny. I mean, that that's gotta be such an interesting dynamic, and I feel like. You know, all mascots kind of feel that um, it's just it's just kind of a one of a kind sort of unique experience, I guess. Absolutely, yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't like trade it for the world. Like just all the things I was able to do and people I was able to interact with and meet. Like I got to meet you, and I, like I said, every mascot. That's whenever I tell a story. They're like, "What were the other Pac-12 mascots like?" I said, "They were exactly how you like imagined their school to be." We just kind of say, like, every mascot's got their own energy to it. And it's like whatever they bring, you know? So describe kind of that network, like, that ability to, you know, meet other mascots. Like, how tightly knit that community is. Because I think for a lot of listeners, like, people don't understand just how tightly knit this group is. And it's kind of like a, almost like a Justice League of superheroes sort of thing. So, so describe that aspect. Just the dynamic between the whole group was so insane. It, it was kind of shocking to me how... The Bennies and the Oregon State mascots became, sorry marketing, uh, the kind of the delinquents of the Pac-12 group. I thought that was really funny, but we were just like wanting to have a good time no matter what. Uh, yeah, having that close-knit connection was just so fun. And like I, like I said, I can go to any of those schools and see them. Or like whenever I go to a future game, if I go to like a Cal game and I see Oski, I'll be like, in like 20 years, like, yo, Oski, I was Benny the Beaver back in the day, like, we got turned in Vegas. Do you remember that? And then he'll have to like just be like, "Ooh, I don't remember." And I'm like, "I put on, I put on your head before. I've seen through the little beer eye that you drink out of." <laughs> yeah. So, what kinds of qualities do you think all mascots share, or like, how have you seen different mascots be very different? Could you explain that? I'd say the qualities they all share is they all have to, they all have to be able to just like be on the fly be on the fly because there'll be times where like you'll be interacting with someone and then like something else will happen and you need to know to improv like what to do and like if someone grabs on you and holds you too much or like starts being aggressive you need to know what to do because you can't just like punch them there's tv cameras and you're the mascot in terms of like mascots being different and the conduct they do differently i'd say there's kind of like i said there's different vibes for mascots like the huskies they're a lot more like Oh, Harry the Husky is a lot more like childish. He's a lot more, you know, kind of like a good boy. He's not really supposed to do degenerate stuff. Meanwhile, like me and Butch were like, we're not allowed to. Marketing tells us not to, but we'll pretend to like grab like people's beer. We'll grab their beer cans and just like walk away with it. And they'll be like, are you allowed to drink that? We'll just like, we'll just do fake stuff like that. Even though like the Husky would, wouldn't really, that's not really in his like atmosphere, his vibe to do that really. So it's just kind of like what the character is, whatever you want to make it. So we always like text like the Benny group chat. We're just trying to like solidify one solid character. But I think we've got that as well. Because like we also kind of look at your personality when like hiring you as Benny. Like if you're super quiet and reserved or that, then you wouldn't really get the spot. So how would you describe Benny and how have you kind of like helped create um, that character? Because you were kind of talking about how the character evolves and is a bit more flirtatious now. So how does that like evolution work and... Um, how would you describe the differences between you and Benny? I'd say it's definitely like, it's kind of like whatever the seniors do, the younger classmen always try to follow. So I, my technique comes for a lot from the Antonio guy. 
like he'd do a thing he'd always like take people's hats and like put them on the ear i'd say in terms of like how he changes it's always kind of how the campus reacts like this year um the student base for sports was just so energized so it was just like everyone was going to football games because you know covid's over we won every home football game so as students were more and more rambunctious you know yelling at utah football players benny kind of followed in suit being more and more just like spontaneous and wild and like being able to be stormed like the social media presence for that was like huge because i ran like the barstool bees account right so i would always post pictures of like benny being crowd surfed and like everyone got to see that so you're just kind of like a self-fulfilling like as people saw him doing more they do more so benny would do more like if it was just a quiet atmosphere it was like it would be really hard like when our basketball team you know we went to the elite eight the next year we won three games we lost 10 nickels I didn't know there was a college named Nichols, but we lost to Nichols. And, like, you, you really want to cheer, but it's just to a point where it's just, like, it's really hard to get energized, to get people energized and, like, up for those games, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. How has um, running those accounts and, like, that social media following, like, how has that, um, how has that been? Could you describe kind of that experience of interacting with fans over social media versus interacting in suit? Yeah, so Barstool Beeves, I get to say whatever I want because it's through the veil of a Barstool account, you know. You know, the Benny the Beaver social media, he can't, uh, he can't, like, just say, like, oh, you're a Duck fan? Fuck you, you dumb, like, you, you can't do that. But through the Barstool Beeves account, I mean, it's also a pretty small market, so I grew the account from 9,000 when I got it, and then COVID hit, so no one was, you'd submit your own, you know, stupid content for it to be posted. No one was doing that, so I had to, like, edit my own stuff, and, you know, like, I'm Benny the Beaver, so I would put edits with, like, kind of Benny in it, or I'd do kind of things like that, because I kind of knew how to do that. I could, like, put on the suit and, like, go in front of a green screen and put that on the bar stool stuff. So now it's at, like, 29,000, so I got to every single, like, the most interacted with posts were after we won our home games, and people would start making signs, and I'd post them on the account. So then people knew they could get posts on the account, have you know eight thousand likes on a post, which is them with the sign. So more and more people started bringing signs, and you know signs. This one classic sign said Benny fucks, and that just kind of became our mantra. I think that's actually our group chat name right now, is Benny fucks, and because they're just like, oh, he's he's the goat. Everyone loves Benny. So kind of it led from that Instagram account to being in the actual like you know school spirit of it. So it's kind of like hand in hand. And I remember I just, because I just finished with the account, I just posted that, you know, I was also Benny too. And that just kind of broke campus for about a few days until graduation. So that was really cool. So how do you feel you've grown from your time as Benny or things that you've like learned about yourself from your time as Benny? Definitely just coming out of my shell uh, a lot. Well, I mean, I was already pretty much out of my shell. I guess I like maybe like I learned to control it a little bit better. Because once you like have these positions on campus, it really puts you in a spot where you could like brag and flex as much as you want, but it gets to a point where you've done so much and you have so much influence over the student body base that like you you don't really feel the need to do that. Like you you've already proven yourself, at least in your mind, and like your my fraternity brothers, they all knew it. So I didn't really have anything else to do. So I could just be more confident in the things that I did. Like, oh, I could like walk around campus and just know like, yeah, well, I'm the mascot. And I know everyone here follows this Instagram page for like the meme and the content and the videos I create. 
So I didn't, I just kind of felt more, more of a confidence thing than anything else, you know? Did you ever wish that you could tell more people or that um, you kind of had that recognition as you? Because we kind of touched on that a little bit earlier, but um, did you ever wish that you could, you know, walk around and have people know, or did you kind of reach a point where you just really didn't care that much? It definitely came to a point senior year where I got kind of more annoyed more than anything else because it was like people that knew, for example, um, I was going back to my fraternity, I got Chipotle, and there's a guy and two, and there's a bunch of girls and they're playing beer die or whatever, and they're like, oh, get a slub shot. So I tossed, hit the table, I'm like, okay, cool. I've known this guy for three years. So as I was walking away, he said, like, two steps, I just heard him say, oh, that was Benny the Beaver and Barstool Beefs. And I was like, dude, I have a name. Like, you, is like, you could have been like, oh, that's Anders. So actually, like, people that knew me before I became Benny, because, like, you know, people I was really close to, I, I knew I was Benny, right? Um, people that I knew freshman year liked me for, you know, for me and for my stuff, but I felt like there was a, kind of a point where, like, so many people were just, I'll just say, like, dick writing at this point. They were just kind of, like, so into, like, the things that I did that they kind of like, overlooked, like, how I did them or why I did them. And they were just like, oh, Benny, you're so cool. Barstool Beefs, you're so cool. Let me get a picture. And I was like, okay, guys, like, if you just want to talk, if you want to talk about that stuff, like, that's fine. But just, like, that's all they would, like, talk about. I'm like, what about, like, other things, you know, like, time at Oregon State? I don't know. No, I, I, def- I definitely felt that. I don't know, what have you kind of learned about humanity from your time as Benny? Because I feel like, you know, as mascots, we get kind of a really unique opportunity to see people in a very different way. Um, People are a lot less guarded around us. People feel a lot more, you know, open to just kind of be unafraid and things like that. So um, in kind of a big picture, you know, perspective, what have you learned? Um, I've learned that college sports has a lot more of a meaning to people and uh, kind of as more of an identity to people because um, in terms of the Oregon State dynamic, you know, University of Oregon, the Ducks have always just been this big Nike powerhouse, blah, 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 school. There are rivals. So having that small community where you're like, oh, we don't even care. We don't care if we win or lose. Win or lose, beefs, booze. Like, we don't care if we win or lose. We're going to support our team no matter what happens. And just like having that community of this like smaller school in Oregon has just... I know that means a lot to people and just having that tight knit community. So having the mascot kind of like bring these people together that like support a group pretty much no matter what was really cool to see. And that's why I like Oregon State so much is because like when they do win, I mean, they like get trending on Twitter like, oh, they beat the Ducks or they just made it to the Elite Eight or they won the national championship. But no one hands you anything on the silver platters. That's the thing is like. Oregon State's the Mountain West. People have just been, you know, shitting on us for days. Meanwhile, they, these are the same people that love to, like, hype us up when we start doing really well. But just, like, having that mascot and the people that are in Corvallis, Oregon, just, like, it brings you together. It's, like, kind of this, like, under... It's, like, kind of like this, like, tribal flag of, you know, orange and black where everyone's under the same, you know, idea and principles. And there, there are Beaver fans that I just cannot stand and just piss me off. But, like... You know, that's just you're just gonna get that into family. It's a family more than anything else. And at the end of the day, like, what is your why? Like, why did you do it? Like, why, why, why did you get involved? Uh, I think the reason why I did it and why I continued to do it changed. I did it at first for probably attention. Um, I was like, oh, I gotta be the mascot because I knew I knew the guy who was Benny, 
And, you know, he was very quiet about it. He was very reserved. I mean, he had a girlfriend. He didn't need to go out telling random girls about it. Um, so I think I wanted to do it like, oh, dude, well, I'm the mascot. So I get to do these behind-the-scene things and be on TV and do all that. But then I, like, I kept doing it just because I found intrinsic value with doing it. Just, like, interacting with fans and, like, you know, being there and being at big campus events. Just, like, you know, half our stadium just got exploded, so being with the other being with like all the donors and being being able to interact with these old people that like are like oh Benny I remember when they first brought you out in 1960 whatever I was like Jesus Christ like the, like it's been a long falling tradition like cuz the first guy that actually made was Benny was a guy named Ken Austin and he invented a bunch of like dance. he got our college of business is Austin Hall right um cuz he invented like you know like uh dentist you know like the vacuum that sucks water and all that you know, like the, you know, yeah. So he invented a bunch of like super famous dental equipment. He was the first Benny the Beaver. So for the College of Business, um, the initiate inauguration day, they they put you in one of the big classrooms, and you all watch a video talking about how he became Benny the Beaver. So it's kind of like a, a story thing. Like the guy who's the first Benny is like very big lore on the Oregon State campus. So getting to be in that line with Ken Austin, like the very first one, was like because he was like Kenny. That's what they called him. And like literally in the video, they actually said this was this is really funny. Um, in the video, uh, as a freshman in college business watching, he's like, oh, yeah, it's this old guy, and he's like, oh, yeah, my brothers had Delta Talk Delta, we got really drunk, and they said, wouldn't it be funny, instead of, they named the mascot Kenny, they named it Benny, and so we just named Benny, I'm like, dude, they named the beaver after being shithouse at a frat party, and I'm like, that, you can't take that away from this, like, the history of that, like, dude, like, that's why I said, like, the duck was bought by Disney and, like, the rights were bought by Disney. So the duck, if he, if his atmosphere is he wants to be bought and sold like that, then we're going to be the ones that was drunk created at a frat party. Nothing against the duck because the stuff they're doing with that guy is insane. Like, they're doing so much good stuff with the Oregon duck. Like, that guy's on top of it constantly. But just, I feel the duck's a little bit more corporate and that's, even the ducks that I, the ducks that I know, they are a lot more tight wound and, like, do a lot more specific things within games are a lot more tied and regulated because of that Disney connection. Meanwhile, we're just more free-spirited. And the pros pros of that is we get to do whatever we want, but the cons of that is we're not featured on Fox and ESPN dressed up as, like, the Grinch or, like, the Kanye West, like, super, like, Roblox outfit, you know? It, it just really depends, and that's what I love about Benny the Beaver. That was absolutely awesome. We'll we'll just throw this one in there as an extra DLC. So I broke on the set of Jimmy Kimmel as uh, Benny the Beaver, and here's what happened. So pretty much, uh, our bowl game was a Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl against Utah State, and we, me and Luke, were in San Jose, and we saw that oh the Utah State football team was in the audience for Jimmy Kimmel. And we're like, that's bullshit. What about Oregon State? Like, what about us? Then we see a tweet where we got to go to bed like one a.m. They said like Oregon State men's football will be on set. So we're like, okay, we need to get on. And because we were just driving down. So we were like, where's the entrance? Hollywood Boulevard with, you know, with all the stars. So we're like, all right, great. So we like triangulated based on billboards. Like we looked on Twitter and saw the entrance of where the Utah State was walking in. So we triangulated. It was behind Hollywood Boulevard is where they entered. So we had our, like, our entry route plan. So we drive down and we, we like scope out the scene. And we see the football team just starting to walk in. We're like, beautiful. This is the perfect time. So... We're in, like, a parking garage, so I'm getting suited up in public. It was kind of embarrassing, but... So then I walk over, and then there's, like, a bunch of, like, people taking photos for, like, you know, SoFi and, you know, Fox. And they're like, oh, the beaver's here. Let him in. 
We're like, dude, fuck yeah. So we like walk in and a lady comes up with a clipboard. And like I said, we just showed up. We didn't tell marketing because we're like, if we tell marketing, they're going to tell us, no, don't go in. That's against it. But we'll, Betty has historically asked for forgiveness. Um, or at least I've always asked for forgiveness rather than permission. So they walk in like, oh, the beaver's here. And like, what's your name? Like, oh, John Anders Rosenquist and Luke Van Buskirk. And like, okay, very nice. Okay. Okay, so your COVID vaccination card. So we pull those up and then they're like, so whose name are you under? I'm like, oh, shit. And so we just said marketing. I'm like, oh, marketing. It's like, oh, I don't see your guys' names. Oh, well, okay. Let me go inside and ask the football team. And this is like the first of like 30 calls they had between the athletic director, the people at SoFi, Jimmy Kimmel staff. So then they, the football team just said, they, they went in and they said, oh, the beaver just got off the bus. Can you like verify him? And they said, we, we didn't bring the mascot. Then they're like, then, then who the hell is this guy? And we're like, oh no, oh no. So then the football team eventually comes out. I specifically remember he says, Benny, what, Benny, what the fuck are you doing here? And I'm like, I'm not talking at all. I'm trying to keep in character. So I'm like, So then they're like, like who sent you? And we just try to try to just say like marketing. You know, you know that skit like who's on first, what's on second. I don't know. It's like who in mark like marketing sent us. Who in marketing? It was just a small marketing thing. No, who in marketing? Oh, it's just a marketing thing. So then eventually they said no, you can't get on. And we're like, all right, fine. We tried. So as we were walking out, some guy stopped us and like Beaver, wait up. Hi, my name is so and so. I'm producer of the Jimmy Kimmel Show. We really want to have you on tonight. And we're like, oh no. So we were like, we're talk like Luke was talking to him as I was like trying to interact, but people were calling. They couldn't verify us because like, you know if Benny goes on the set and they like record it. I could do some like heinous shit. Like I could just like like you know Heil Hitler just do some really bad shit on TV. They couldn't verify who was in the suit. So I could have done anything. You know I wasn't gonna do anything like that because why would I do that? But so they were trying to like verify like can he take off the head? What can he do? What can he do? So it got to a point where they called Scott Barnes, our athletic director, and our actual boss and our boss's boss. So we're like, oh shit, we're just going to leave. Like, we're just going to head out. And he said, no, no, no. Like, the writers have already written you in. Like, this is an issue with production now. So we had to stay for another two hours. So, like, they put it. So they're like, all right, just come on the set. Come on the set. So they pull us in. I remember I sat. I was texting Jaden Grant on the Barstool Music account before. Like, do you think we can get on? He's like, no chance. So I remember I walk in. I sit, like, right next to like, Jaden Grant or something. And then they're all just like, the football team's looking at me like, what the hell is the mascot doing? Like, we didn't bring him. Like, how did he get here? So then they start like kind of doing some pre-taping stuff. And then they're like, they'll, they're like, oh, you can't be here. So they'll pull us out. But then they brought us back in. So they're pulling us back and forth. So eventually, all in all, they said, we called the athletic director. He said, you can't be on. You can't be on. I'm like, all right, thank you. So, but we're going to wait for the football team after the fact. Not just, not just so it looked like we were just wanting to show up just to be on. So, you know, so we interact with the football team, we take some photos, and they said, like, yeah, no, we thought you were really funny, but Scott Barnes didn't want you on. I was like, oh, well, okay. Then we're walking on Hollywood Boulevard, we see the show producers, they had a bottle of champagne, and they're like, oh, we really wanted you on, but Scott Barnes said no. I was like, why did Scott Barnes say no? I mean, I guess he just didn't want to verify. So we see the actual clip on the Jimmy Kimmel show, and we see why they didn't want to let us on. Um, Jimmy Kimmel said, uh, because we had a Bernice Beaver who got canned in like the 90s. We had, you know, like Joe and Josie Brew and, and like Wilbur and Wilma. And so Jimmy Kimmel goes up there and he says, your mascot, uh, Benny Beaver, is a weird looking one. He had a girlfriend back in the 90s. Uh, her name was Bernice, but she disappeared. What happened to Bernice? There were a lot of unexplained killings up in Oregon. So what they were going to do is they're going to have me just sitting there. Then they were going to pan to me. 
put me on the spot and be like, did you kill Bernice Beaver? And knowing me, I probably would have been like, like done like the chainsaw motion. Like, yeah, Bernice is dead. So people saw that and they're like, oh yeah, where is Bernice, by the way? So that's why Scott Barnes, because he didn't want the, the writers to put me on the spot like that I killed our other mascot back in the 90s. So I saw that on TV. You can still see that clip. The only reason that, that, that part is in the Jimmy Kimmel bit is because I tried to break on the set. I did get on the set, and I did get a photo with him eventually, but that was just some ridiculous stuff. <laughs> well, that's all I've got for you, but Anders, thank you so much for being on the show. Dude, I love to be here. Sounds good. So if you enjoyed this episode, rest assured we've got plenty more on the way. Until next time, I'm your host, Daniel Chatterjian, for Behind the Mascot.